Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. And we're printing money, borrowing money, however you want to put it. And it's going to be higher taxes on everyone. Straight up bribery for the progressive agenda. The vaccine, that is from God to us. Yes, I know you're vaccinated, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. I need you to be my apostles. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Yes, we'll get to uh, the governor of New York in a little bit. Apostles. We are his. I, so what does that make her? Really? Mm. If we're the apostles, uh, she's God? Apparently she thinks so. Um, boy, there is a lot in the news today. And this, this story is, the, the big story is, it was confirmed by high-ranking military officials and the Secretary of Defense that Joe Biden's a liar. That was confirmed today. The, um, but compare that to the, this other story, which this really broke last night, early this morning, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. Now, we talked about this guy a couple of weeks ago. He was the lieutenant colonel that came out and released a video on social media a couple of weeks ago castigating the Pentagon and the brass and the president for the disastrous Afghanistan pullout. Now, he said, okay, you know what? I'm three years away from a nice pension. I'm going to lose that, and they're going to can me. Well, the rest of the story is he was arrested and put in the brig as we speak. He might be, I don't know if they have radios in the brig or not. He might be listening as we speak. He's down at Camp Lejeune. So, so uh, call in. Yeah, call. give us a call, <laughs> uh, Stuart, uh, 561-8255. Um, the camp has, the Camp Lejeune has uh, confirmed that Scheller has been put in jail for speaking out. Lieutenant Colonel uh, Scheller is currently in pretrial confinement in the regional brig for Marine Corps installation east aboard Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune pending an Article 32 preliminary hearing. Now, what I want to find out is when is Millie going to be charged with a violation of Article 94, which is sedition and uh, basically mutiny? Why? Because he usurped the President of the United States' authority. Anyway, getting back to Scheller... Scheller's dad told Task and Purpose that his son would be brought before the proceeding on Thursday. In a video, Scheller posted to Facebook and LinkedIn right after cabal terror attack that killed 13 service members on August the 26th. Scheller asked if any military brass had put their reputations and their jobs on the line to tell the commander-in-chief that put, pulling out this way was a disastrous idea. So, I mean, and it's true. If you go back and listen to this uh, video... I assume it's still available if you go Google it. But he just asked a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. Now, they're saying that he was told, keep your mouth shut, and he spoke out anyway. Scheller's first video could be considered insubordinate, but another video he put out a few days later prompted concern by Camp Lejeune Brass that he might need psychological help, while Lieutenant Colonel Scheller has earned widespread praise on social media. He has also made several statements that have prompted concern about his well-being. On August 29th, he made a YouTube video from inside what he described as an abandoned school bus in eastern North Carolina in which he vowed to resign his commission and proclaim, follow me and we'll bring the whole 
blanking system down. The Marines told Scheller to knock it off when he didn't. He predicted that he'd end up exactly where he is in the brig. Uh, ta- task and purpose stated what happens when you do speak. No one wants to hear it, but they probably can't stop listening because I'm crazy, right, Scheller wrote. Um, anyway, uh, he is in the brig. But, uh, boy, talking out on these issues is, um, well, we had a lot of suspicions confirmed today. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge surprise, but it was pleasant to hear it articulated. Joe Biden is facing backlash today after top U.S. leaders testified in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee, directly contradicting what Biden told the American public in an interview over the summer. Now, this was back on August the 19th. He was on with ABC News, Steffi Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. So no one told your uh, no one told your military advisors did not tell you. No one said we should keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. Biden responded, no. No one said to me that I can recall. Look, George, the reason why it's been stable for a year is because the last president said we're leaving. And here's the deal I want to make with you, Taliban. We're agreeing to leave if you agree not to attack us between now and the time we leave on May the 1st. Now, he was saying he, he was trying to ascribe that comment to um, Donald Trump. <laughs> the, the idea that there was no problems there for the last 12 months was because we were leaving is uh, laughable. As soon as, we, as soon as there was no defense there, as soon as we abandoned the Air Force base out there, all, all hell broke loose. This is what, this is cut one, this is what Generals Mark Milley and General Keith McKenzie said under oath today concerning recommendations to the president. The generals were being questioned by Senator Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma. But I'd ask General McKenzie, did you agree to the recommendation that um, uh, General Miller uh, had two weeks ago? Senator, um, again, I won't, I won't share my personal recommendation to the president, but I will give you my honest opinion, and my honest opinion and view shaped my recommendation. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan, and I also recommended earlier in the fall of 2020 that we maintain 4,500 at that time. Those are my personal views. I also have a view that the withdrawal of those forces would lead inevitably to the collapse of the Afghan military forces and eventually the Afghan government. Yes, so I understand that. And uh, General Milley, I assume you agree with that in terms of the recommendation of 2,500? What I said in my opening statement and the memoranda that I wrote back in the fall of 2020 remained consistent, and I do agree with that. This committee is unsure as to whether or not General Miller's uh, recommendation ever got to the president. Um, you know, obviously, there are conversations with the president, yeah, but I would like to ask, even though uh, General McKenzie, I think you've all made this statement, did you talk to the president about General Miller's uh, recommendation? Sir, I was present when that discussion uh, occurred, mm-hmm. and I'm confident that the president heard all the recommendations and listened to them very thoughtfully. Now, remember that Biden and the White House officials have repeatedly said that no 
military leaders advised him to leave a small military presence behind. And again, the president telling ABC News in August, no one recommended 2,500 troops um, that he could recall. There's that old uh, age-old political (laughs) cop-out. I do not recall. Yeah, that I can recall. Now, I mean, stop and think about this. This is the biggest decision you were making of your presidential career, as short as it was, but a a decision that would have really the the final chapter of the last 20 years, the war against terrorism, against the Taliban, and your excuses you do not recall— (laughs) <laughs> now, again, I, as you said earlier, we're talking about Joe here, so it's entirely possible. I honestly believe that he probably don't recall. Well, then that is <laughs> th- then his own party ought to be coming out and saying, Mr. President, if you cannot recall that, you need to resign. Yeah, You're not I, fit for the office. Th- they should. I mean, it, I think it's apparent to everyone that will be objective that he has significant cognitive decline to the point that there's absolutely no way he can carry out carry out the duties of the presidency there's just no way i mean so both both mckenzie and millie said 2500 and millie actually said well 2500 to 3500 lloyd austin was asked whether the president received the personal recommendation from his military advisors like millie and mckenzie his answer was quote their input was received by the president and considered by the president for sure austin testified and now um, Saki has come out and said, well, you know, the advisors were split on whether to maintain the presence of the U.S. troops in Afghanistan. That's not what we're arguing about today. Yeah, she was tweeting on the fly today while, while everything was going on. Well, here, here's the bottom line. It, it, uh, Saki, it's, it's, the question today is, has the president lied to the American people? And the answer is an obvious yes. Now, this is just one of many lies. In fact, I was thinking about sort of playing a uh, game with our listeners. How many lies can you identify? <laughs> five six one eight two five five. If you'd like to identify some lies. Now we've we've got this new lie today, twenty five hundred, which she said nobody ever told. Now him you got to qualify that. Are we going all the way back to the eighties? I mean, if so, well, we, sure, yeah, you can go back. If to so, we're going to have a three hour show today. <laughs> plagiarism, and uh, you got the Hunter Biden laptop. He lied about that, right? Not knowing any of Hunter's business dealings, we know oh, yeah. about that. Although he was on the plane on Air Force Two, well, on, yeah, on yeah. the way to China. I now guess. you can go back to his lying about his intelligence, the degrees he received, how he's at the top of his class. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, this guy is a chronic, chronic liar. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> unbelievable. If his mouth is open, I think yeah. there's good chance. If for the lips coming are moving, out. he's lying. Uh, so this is uh, again if if you if you look at what's going on oh and the other interesting thing too is um Millie came out today basically and it didn't have any pushback on questions related to him talking to the uh his Chinese counterpart um now, he came out and Millie came out and said, you know, my, my loyalty is to America. My loyalty is to the Constitution. Quote, I'm specifically directed to communicate with Chinese. These military to military communications at the highest level are critical to the security of the United States. 
My loyalty is to this nation, its people. The Constitution hasn't changed, never will. I've never changed as long as I have breath to give. My loyalty is absolute. I will not turn my back on the fallen. Well, you turn your back on the president. I mean, that's that's the question. You, you, you quite frankly, um, by the way, you seem to have turned your back on those 13 that were uh, shot, that were uh, taken out over in Afghanistan. Well, he serves the president of the United States. Yeah. Your, your commitment is to the United States mm-hmm. president. Your commitment is not to those under you. I mean, it, it, it is. If anyone should understand the chain of command, it ought him. to be him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no one else, not Bob Woodward, not Nancy Pelosi, not uh, anyone else in the White House, commands the armed forces except the president of the United States. Here's another guy that it just impresses me that— um, he is impressed with himself and that um, he really wants to come out as someone that's very much in charge and authority. Don't usurp my authority. But um, again, clearly violated Article 46 of the UCMJ, mutiny and sedition. I mean, that that's clear. I, I don't know how you go after... Um, Stuart Scheller, who is in the brig down in Camp Lejeune, and not utter a peep toward toward Milley. Now, there have been a number of ex-military officials, generals and whatnot, who have said Milley needs to resign for what he did. Um, but you know, the other thing about this, this statement was he basically is coming out and saying, well, I'm under some sort of direction from those over me, which would be the White House. I mean, who's over Milley other than the White House? That's it. Um, that he was ordered to talk to uh, his counterpart over in uh, China. Uh, there's another report out from the Daily Wire today talking about the fact that Milley was asked to uh, pursue Russia's help in combating terrorism in Afghanistan after the U.S. withdrawal. Mm, good luck with that. Now, I mean, and again, so did not Biden say, hey, we've got this over-the-horizon deal with drones and whatnot, that we can we can take care of things? Well, as it turns out, apparently we couldn't because Milley came out and said that um, he was supposed to—no, I'm sorry, this was a report from, uh, from the, um, the Wall Street Journal mm. broke this story. But basically that Mark Milley uh, was in contact with the Kremlin, and the Kremlin apparently said, yeah, you can use our bases if you want. Uh, but, I mean, this whole thing is just a horrible train wreck that we're not watching. We're in the middle of it. It's a cluster. Um, yeah. Something. We're in the middle something. of this mess. <laughs> and, uh Wow. Uh, have you got any tape of the chairman of the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee, Jack Reed? <laughs> Do not. <laughs> I I actually did not realize. I, I've heard of him maybe once, but I did not realize he was chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Um, <laughs> but I was listening. He was the guy basically chairing the, you know, the thing today. But uh, I'm thinking Ben Stein, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was the most boring. I mean— <laughs> I get a guy credit. He served in the Army. He's a graduate of West Point. But he was like Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. I mean, he was terrible. But, well, you but know, from you, Rhode Island. You, you can have, as we all know, you can have 
academic smarts and not have wisdom <laughs> um, and, and not have winsomeness either. We need to take a time out. Uh, when we get back, uh, another thing I want to cover today is Mitch McConnell again today rejected Chucky Schumer's request to suspend the uh, debt limit. And uh, so is, is that one of the reasons why the stock market uh, tanked today? Perhaps. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Join the show. 252-561-TALK. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Today is National Good Neighbor Day, September 28th, 2021. Won't you be my neighbor? It's also, and it's interesting. These two are probably related. It's National Good Neighbor Day. It's also National Drink Beer Day. <laughs> See if I can help them out. And it's also, these are all related. It's also Ask a Stupid Question Day. There you go. Alcohol will do that. So uh, go get a six-pack, get blitz, then ask your neighbors all the dumb questions you want. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 65. Wednesday, sunny with a high near 80. Tomorrow night, mostly clear, low around 55. More great weather on Thursday, sunny, a high near 76. Thursday night, mostly clear, low around 55. Get out and enjoy this great fall weather. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. The newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, you can join Ironwood and pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Talking about Mark Milley before the break, the Washington Free Beacon's got an interesting story out. Mark Milley admitted in congressional testimony today that he spoke with journalists who reported phone calls he made to top Chinese military brass. Quote, did you talk to Bob Woodward, Woodward or Robert Costa for their book Peril? Armed Services Committee member Marsha Blackburn asked Milley. Did you talk to Carol Leonig and Phil Rucker? for their book, I Alone Can Fix It. Did you talk to Michael Bender for his book, Frankly, We Did Win This Election, the inside story of how Trump lost? Woodward, yes. Costa, no, Milley replied. The top general also admitted to talking to other reporters but declined to say whether his conversations were represented accurately. Woodward and Costa reported that Milley made phone calls to one of China's most aggressive generals to assure that he would give advance notice if there was any military action toward Beijing. And again, clear violation of the military code. Clearly uh, seditious, mutinous action against the president. Well, you know, as we were talking at the break, um, I, I, mean, I mean, to me, his admission today tells me that he was Bob Woodward's contact because— Sounds like it. The, the people that I've spoke to that have read the book says it's written— I mean, everybody kind of anticipated, well, hey, it's indicting Millie. No, but it was indicting Trump as being dangerous, you know. So Millie, it probably it comes off as a hero. Yeah, painting him as a hero to the country or whatever. But uh, so that tells me, I, I think, I think Millie was. But what arrogance! The source. What oh. arrogance! They just, I mean, uh, he, the guy speaks the truth under oath, I guess. But this, I mean, do these, these people feel like they're so immune from any kind of uh, legal action? <laughs> 
Well, you know, when you point blank ask, ask a question, uh, it's one thing when you're talking to a reporter, but when you talk under oath, <laughs> you, but again, you better you better tell the truth. Going back to this story that we led with, this Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, who's in the brig down at Camp Lejeune, because he was speaking out of turn. My gosh, this guy Millie is giving inside information. To Bob Woodworth for his Woodward for his book, and he's talking to a communist China general. I, I certainly don't see the difference, except for one's got you know four stars on his sleeve, and the other one has a uh, 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 sorry a uh, uh, silver cluster, oak leaf cluster. <laughs> well, yeah, Scheller at best is a nuisance that's embarrassing the military. Mm-hmm. Millie is endangering our country and our national security. Yeah, and I, you know, Scheller, um, I, I, I'm going to give him a pass just because, yeah, I've looked at his service record. And he's he's a combat veteran of multiple tours, but I, I disagree with the way he went about it to me. Well, I'm, he, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not defending what he did, but now that he's in it, how can you compare the two? And and Miller, Millie gets a yeah, nod of the hat and, and a, a commendation, and this guy's thrown in the brig? Th- there's no difference. Uh, there's no difference probably to the letter, but I think the ramifications of what Millie did is a, a much greater when you're speaking directly to the the defense secretary of the of the Chinese Communist Party. Um yeah. I don't I don't think that's good. And and apparently talking to the Russians as well. My gosh, are the, the two biggest adversaries we have, I won't call them enemies, but they're certainly adversaries. I mean maybe that maybe they're they're not bigger than Iran. But um they're not exactly our our bosom buddies and and we're going to them to to give inside information and ask for help well um and this is kind of this is kind of an overall thing about this i think this reinforces what general eisenhower said about the dangers of the military industrial complex and i think we're there when you have a general that um reports to the president of the United States, thinks that his job is more important than the president's. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Pretty obvious that Milley thinks he's more important than the president. Business Insider is reporting that Majority Leader Chuckles the Clown Schumer (laughs) requested that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Milktoast Mitch, that The uh, the turtle... (laughs) <laughs> that uh, request a vote to suspend the debt limit, leaving the government closer to a debt default and shutdown. Uh, quote, Democrats won't get bipartisan help paving a path to partisan reckless- recklessness, McConnell wrote on Twitter. Since June, McConnell has been insistent that Democrats, Democrats must raise the debt ceiling on their own, saying that Republicans should not play a role in funding the opposing party's $3.5 trillion social spending bill, but even when Schumer attempted to do just that, requesting unanimous consent today to suspend the debt limit, some Democrats could ac- something that Democrats could accomplish on their own, McConnell objected and said Democrats should use the reconciliation procedure to raise the limit instead. This comes after McConnell, alongside with all Senate Republicans, blocked a measure that would have adverted a government shutdown and default and debt default on Monday. It had passed the House last week. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, told Congress on Tuesday 
that it has until October the 18th to raise or suspend the debt limit, after which the government's money will run out and it will be forced to default on its debt. Earlier this month, she projected the money will run out sometime in October, but even now, with a specific date, Yellen urged lawmakers not to wait until the last minute. Democrats have uh, more time to prevent a debt default, but they have been reluctant to address the issue through reconciliation because it would take too long to go back and amend and debate on the legislation, Schumer told reporters today. He said that route is a non-starter. Well, what's your other choice? <laughs> I mean, McConnell is not going to uh, cooperate. I mean, I really think that Chuckles the Clown very well might try to push Mitch McConnell back into a corner and wait until the midnight hour, the 11th hour, and just say, you've got to patch it, pass it now, Mitch. You've got to. Otherwise, we're going to go in default. I don't think Mitch McConnell will, but I I, I don't know what— uh, it, it'll be really interesting. I, and I, I actually, I, there's not a lot of good things that Mitch McConnell has done. I, I will I will say, Mitch McConnell, you did a good job getting all those judges through when Donald Trump was president. You did a good job on that. Other than that, there's not a lot of things that I'll praise Mitch McConnell for. But I will give him kudos on this, that, you know, if you guys want to spend $3.5 trillion for starters— you do it on your own. We're not going to help you get there. We're not going to help you raise the debt ceiling. Now, even if they didn't have the $3.5 trillion, we would need to raise the debt ceiling if we're going to pay our bills. How many years have we done this? How many years in a hmm. row have we had to raise the debt ceiling? I know since... Um, hmm. 20? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while, but we, but how many times we um, we've been through this since the mid '90s? I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, this whole debt ceiling limit issue was the reason that uh, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky was in the <laughs> White House by themselves. You remember this? Is, it was all over the uh, government shutdown back in what '95. Yeah. But that's right. But I yeah. don't. <laughs> Nobody was there but Monica and Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she was an intern that uh, worked for the White House or something, went mm -hmm. on the payroll or something. Yep. But, um, the, you know, the thing that people won't challenge Schumer and Pelosi on is because, and I saw it this morning on NBC uh, today when I was going out. I just caught the one of the White House correspondents, you know, actually basically blaming the Republicans for a shutdown already. Well, well Schumer and Pelosi can't win over their own party yet. Yeah. So don't blame it on Republicans. I mean, they can they can pass this. Yeah, they can pass this on the their own. The fact of the matter is, the they, they can't get their own party. So uh, uh. that tells you the problem. Uh. News and observers reporting two black women with a chance to break barriers in North Carolina and the son of a former governor are President Joe Biden's picks to serve as the top federal prosecutors in the state. Biden announced his nominations for North Carolina's three U.S. attorney positions Tuesday, nearly seven months after the resignation of President Trump's appointees at Biden's request. The three North Carolina nominations were among uh, those um, among nine made by Biden today. He tapped Jenna King for the Western District, Sandra Harrison for the Middle District, and Mike Easley Jr. for the Eastern District. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we can only hope that uh, Mike Easley Jr. is more honest than his dad. What is it with this, this political dynasties that they want to create? I just, I, you know, whether it's Democrat or Republican, I mean, go get a real job. Another reason for term limits. Wow. Hmm. Town Hall is reporting 
The North Carolina-based Novant Health announced yesterday it fired approximately 175 employees for refusing to comply with the hospital system's vaccination policy. Last week, 375 unvaccinated employees across the hospital system were suspended and given five days to comply. In that period, Novant Health spokeswoman Megan Rivers said 200 team members did. Less than 1% opted not to comply, she wrote on Twitter. We're proud of the 35,000 team members who chose to participate in the vaccine mandate. According to the Washington Post, the termination of unvaccinated Novant employees is among the largest of its kind to date. And uh, most of the Novant hospitals are over in the Triad, Charlotte Mm. area. But there are a couple down in uh, the Wilmington area, down in New Hanover County, that um, are owned by uh, Novant. There's um, some in in Raleigh, too, right? I'm not sure if they, they, Mm. there must be, if they do have something in Raleigh, they're probably smaller clinics. Yeah, clinics. I think there's some clinics, a couple of clinics, I think. I mean, they've got like, I think, 600 locations if you Mm -hmm. include all the clinics, but the major hospitals, I don't think there's one in Raleigh. But, um, so at the president's direction and, um, and certain people's direction, we're we're firing healthcare workers, but we're allowing people to come over the border that, According to uh, Secretary Mayorkas, which uh, is probably worse than this, if he admits it, this it's probably worse than this. He says one out of five are infected with the virus. Yeah. So, so we're less letting twenty percent of the people that come over that's infected, but we without any vaccine requirements, but we're firing healthcare workers. Well, we're firing them in New York and replacing them with um, National Guard. That's because God said so. And uh, we're also uh, bringing in nurses from the Philippines. Yeah, I'm being funny about that. But, uh, you know, the the mayor of New York that said she's God. No, it's the governor. Governor, governor, yes. We'll talk about the governor when we get back. Stay with us. To news and views. Talk 96.3 and 1037. Welcome back in, Tom and Benny and Clark. And uh, this Governor Hochul up in New York, a, another elected official that never received a vote for the uh, position she holds. Governor Hochul, Kathy Hochul. So she stood at a Brooklyn pulpit on Sunday and preached to the congregation about how COVID-19 vaccines are from God to us. And she asked those present to be her apostles. (laughs) Instead of wearing a cross to deliver her COVID sermon, Hochul donned a vaxxed necklace. Uh, Did you hear um, Tucker Carlson last night? He was hilarious. But it is true. I mean, it was funny, but it was true. All the garbage out there that you can buy, you can buy... Anthony Fauci Christmas ornaments. I saw that. Yeah, that was funny. You can buy coffee mugs, and you can buy vaxxed necklaces and bracelets. How about uh, practice targets? <laughs> <laughs> I should be careful with that. She, yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that they, was a joke. They, 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 I'm matter. joking. <laughs> um, 
She said, and I quote, I prayed a lot to God during this time, and you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us, and we must say, thank you, God, thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you, yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know, there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants You know who they are, she said. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccine. Please get the vaccine because I love you and I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in school. I want to be safe when you go to the doctor's office or the hospital or treated by somebody, you don't want to get this virus from them, Huckle continued. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have solved this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to go out and fight this pandemic. You are my apostles. So if you are the apostles, who is she? And what church was this? Uh... I don't even see the name of the church. Hmm. Um, it was some mega church up in New York. Right. You know, I don't like I don't like churches to let uh, political figures get political in the in the church. Well, when they do that, it tells you that they're more political than they are church. Right. So. Well, they're probably to to a point they may be breaking the law in terms of tax laws stuff that they get too too political. But well. Um, Although I that you know that's the old Johnson Amendment and uh, I I, th- I think that's unconstitutional. I think churches should be able to say whatever they want. Yeah. I don't now that I don't say that they should, but they are uh, or, or that it's wise. I should say, I guess. But uh, I think the uh, the and, idea that and some maybe would think maybe she's not getting political. She's actually getting uh, factual. But to you know start speaking that uh, they're her apostles. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fox News is reporting Kristen Sinema, the uh, Republican. Uh, well, she maybe will be a Republican She's at a the Democrat, end of the day. Yeah. She's a Democrat now, but um, the way the Democrats are treating her, she might be looking for a new home. The media renewed their attacks on her this week following her opposition to Joe Biden's $3.5 trillion spending package and for reports of her holding a fundraiser with business lobbying groups who oppose their social policy and climate bill. Biden and his Democrat supporters have promoted the talking point that Build Back Better will cost zero dollars. Cinema has raised concern about the cost analysis of the reconciliation package. Between her opposition and the news of her reported fundraiser Tuesday, several media figures have suggested she's not being guided by a moral code, but by greed and corruption. That's rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Baltimore Sun columnist Dan Roddix called Cinema a Trojan horse. David Sirota, a Guardian columnist and founder of the Daily Poster, wrote a column suggesting she and some of her moderate colleagues were corrupt and they were uh, their voting was based on the wants of corporate donors. <laughs> I mean, this is this is really rich. Like, the Democrat Party doesn't pay any attention to the teachers' unions. (laughs) I mean, when they say jump, the Democratic Party says how high on the way up. He later added, one month later, 
all that has proven to be true, all of that has been proven to be true, and this conflict has now devolved into what most fights in Washington become, a clash between good policy and blatant corruption, and a deeper struggle between aspiration and lethargy. 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 Lethargy, yeah. Yeah. Why does that name that why does that word not sound right to me? Lethargy. Maybe you were thinking lethargic. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, when's the last time you used lethargy in a sentence? Mm, never. <laughs> uh Kristen Cinema. So she's the one that beat Martha McSally. Yes. So okay. Now so she was so she was okay, so she was a fairly moderate Democrat anyway, as I recall. That was kind of the reason she probably beat McSally. So that's that's good that we got a Democrat that uh that's yeah, you know, she and uh, Joe Manchin somewhat maybe. reasonable, maybe, maybe somewhat reasonable. Um, it's really interesting though. Uh, Joy Reid mm. was uh, taking Cinema and Joe Manchin to task last week, and now this is Joy Reid, who didn't she graduate from Harvard or something like that, some Ivy school? Gosh, she can't be that smart. Well, she's not, but. Um, she starts talking about them, and she starts talking about, well, you've got a midterm um, election coming up, and uh, you're going to be in trouble. You might vote against this, but the people are going to vote uh, vote against you. And it's like, um, uh, Joy, do you realize they're in the Senate, and uh, they only come up for election once every six years, jo- Joy? <laughs> anyway, we got to take another time out, don't we? Joy Reid. Clark. We got we've taken we got one more time out right yeah okay let's do that now and uh, Clark's on the phone and uh, I lost my producer for a second there stay with <laughs> us we'll be right back back to news and views talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven welcome back in eight minutes before the top of the hour. The Christian Post is reporting now. Remember, I think we covered the story a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mayor Greg Schubert up in Hudson, Ohio, went before a school board that permitted and approved a book called 642 Things to Write About. And in this book, it had such things as describe your first sexual encounter, write a story that you wouldn't want to show your mom about your first sexual encounter, then rewrite it and show it to her. Then, I mean, just all kinds of perverted stuff. Well, that book makes this next uh, situation in Fairfax County, um, the Fairfax County situation makes the situation in Hudson, Ohio, seem pretty tame. A, um, a parent, a woman by the name of Stacy Langdon, uh, she was watching a September 9th school board meeting online in Texas on pornography in the school. So she decided she would go and investigate what was in the Fairfax County school system. And um, I, I, I honestly cannot, I mean, I personally find it too vulgar to read you the details. But she cited three different books, and all three of them were, were so graphic, talking about a male sexual situations between men and boys not just once but several different books mm. um the books I, I, again i can't i can't describe to you how bad it is 
but she read out loud from a book called Gender Queer, another book called Lawn Boy. Um, there was another book, and but it is it is just unbelievably graphic and vile concerning sexual situations between men and boys. Then this is in a public school system. What what uh, what level of school? What uh, high school high in school. Fairfax County? Okay. Mm. And so she's reading this, and at one point, a school board member inter- interrupted her and told her. That you, you stop reading that. There's children in this room. Well, first of all, somebody else came out and said there weren't any children there. But that's the whole point. There's children reading this stuff in your high school. In They're minors. School, yeah. Yes. And you're upset that she's reading, which you're advocating that the high school kids read on their own. And many of these kids aren't even 18 years old yet. <laughs> but th- it, this this story gets more bizarre. So there, there's all kinds of criticism, and. When this woman was finished, she was, and by, by the way, this, this guy that said there's children in the room interrupted her and started using up her time, and she demanded that she allowed, be allowed to finish her, her speech. At the end of her speech, the people that were in the room gave her an ovation. They just tried to sort of ignore it and introduce the next person. But in response to this criticism that came out from her and from others, by the way, one member of the school board, a guy named Carl Fritsch, took to Twitter and defended the inclusion of these books in high school libraries. And listen to what he says. Quote, it's not every week the school board receives two exorcisms during public comment. <laughs> to be clear, now listen to this part, to be clear, nothing will disrupt our board's commitment to LGBTQIA plus students, families, and staff, nothing. <laughs> now, what's unbelievable about this is this woman never said anything about LGBTQAI plus. But he comes in and, and says, wait a minute, you trying to clean up the perversion that is out there for high school kids to read, ah. that is an attack? On the LGBTQ plus community? So he's admitted it's diverse. Bingo! Yeah. Bingo! Unbelievable. I know I'm old school, but what's wrong with Beowulf and Lord of the Flies and Julius Caesar? Thank you. Last of the Mohicans, the classics. Uh, Because it's Scarlet Letter. We've got to to celebrate perversion, apparently. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.